Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I'm the host. I'm Dylan Kelly, and I help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. And today we've got an episode that's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's a special episode where I'm the one getting interviewed. Basically, the, the store tasker guys, you might know them from their, their Shopify app, Store Tasker, or maybe their service, Hey Carson, or the Shopify Entrepreneurs Facebook group. These guys are everywhere. I love them. And uh, they reached out, wanted to do a live webinar Q&A about email marketing for Shopify stores. I, I love those guys. So of course I said yes. So I sat down with Timothy Dan Barrick, the, the marketing manager over there, and we tackled real questions from real Shopify store owners. If you want to watch the video of this, I, I ripped the audio from, from the video and that's going to be this episode. But if you're more interested in video content, you can go check that out at waybreak.co slash articles. And you just scroll through there and you can find the, the webcam replay. You can see my beautiful face talking into the microphone that I'm talking into now. Also, if you stay tuned until the end, I've got a special offer for you if you want help with your email marketing. So if email marketing is something that your business is struggling with currently and you, and you feel like you could be doing better or it's just too much work and you don't have time, stay until the end because I've got a great offer that you're going to love. So without further ado, thanks so much for listening to another episode. Let's get into the questions. Thank you all for joining us. My name is Timothy Danberg, and I am the digital marketing manager at StoreTasker. StoreTasker is the fastest, easiest way to get in touch with a vetted Shopify expert who can help fix your store. Dylan, I feel like there's something that we need to get out of the way right away, and so I'm just going to dive in. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, that's a, oh man. You're, that's, oh, I wasn't ready for this question. Uh, <laughs> I just like to be very controversial so that we can boost our ratings. It, it's so polarizing because if I say cat, the dog people hate me. If I say dog, the cat people hate me. I feel like if you say dog, the cat people are like, yeah, that makes sense. It's typical. It's just. Yeah. Cause like ever I'm, I'm like leaning cat, but like, I get it. Cats are assholes. There we go again. Um, <laughs> cats are not nice. Like, I don't think I don't, I know a lot of cat people and none of them think that cats are like super nice. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm when it comes to cats and dogs, I don't know if there's like if I'm cat or dog. I think it depends on the cat or the dog. Like there's some awesome dogs and then there's some awful dogs and there's some great cats and there's some awful cats. This is true. This is true. Uh, yeah. So are you going to are you going to take one side or another? Are you going to be uh honestly I, I don't know i love dogs and I, I really like cats too so i don't know kittens are really great but so are puppies i don't really kittens think i can pick until they fit until they get to like six months old and then they just get into everything yeah like they claw everything yeah and then once they get like one year one and a half then they're like okay they've reached the like adult cat phase and it's it's fine yeah I'm weird too, where it's like I don't have a favorite color either. So, like, I, I can't pick. I don't know why. Wow. Yeah, I'm usually the one that is like bad at deciding stuff. So I'm I'm excited about about this. Let's get started Let's because people did not log in to hear us talk about cats or dogs. So, first question. I'm just gonna read it out here. My business is mainly aimed at weddings. Also, special occasions like Sweet Sixteens, Quinceañeras, etc. 
as this means the majority of my customers are one-time only, is there any benefit to having an email list? I also do seasonal gifts like Christmas, etc., which is probably answering my own question. But I wondered what your thoughts were. Are there any other wedding businesses here? And what do you do with email addresses? Yeah, so I mean, I'm a big fan of email, obviously. That's all my, my company does. But I think every business should have an email list. Uh, and yes, you'll be able to sell more stuff at Christmas. But you can also use that email list to convert people into customers. So for example, um, you know, have some sort of offer. Maybe it's a, a wedding planner guide or maybe a discount if, if that's the way you want to go. And then you can send emails to these people until they convert because maybe they're browsing for their wedding, but they're not ready to buy yet. Um, and then it's like they hit your site. You spent money on that ad or however you got that customer or uh, person. And now they're leaving your site and they might be gone forever. They probably will be. But if you have some sort of email capture in place, for example, uh, I don't know, a wedding planning guide or something that'll help them solve whatever problem you solve, um, you can keep following up via email until they're ready and keep adding value. So whenever it's time for them to make that purchase, it's a no brainer to go to you. Um, and that's one thing you can do. I mean, think about other brands who are like one time businesses, you think like Casper, for example, the mattress company, yeah, true. they do a lot of sales with email. Um, think about upsells, that sort of thing, cross sales. So Casper, you buy the mattress. Now they're going to upsell you on the sheets and the pillow and all these different things. And you can do the same thing with your, I don't know what you're selling, uh, with your, your wedding gear, but, um, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of upgrade or uh, related product that you could upsell because people aren't just buying this a day before their wedding. There's enough time for them to to keep buying things and they have their wallet out. They're already spending a lot of money on this wedding anyway. Um, and when you're in their inbox, you're asking for the sale. And if you don't ask, um, you can't get the sale. And the one last thing on that is like, it's, it's more advanced and harder, but uh, is like you can collect this information from your subscribers, which is like I've seen one company ask for your father's birthday, your brother's birthday, your grandfather's birthday. And then they follow up around that time and say, hey, this product would make a great gift. And that's a little more advanced. But uh, yeah, without a doubt, you, you need an email list no matter what. That's a good point. Like I've seen companies where you basically fill out a full profile um, and I think that's a great tactic because it, you get a lot of information on someone that way. And that it's like exciting cause you're filling out, okay, what is my date? All of that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a really great way of collecting information. And one of the things that I would just say, like I used to work in uh, a jewelry store and, um, the email list is super important because a, um, like jewelry stores sell to like other special occasions, not just weddings. But also, like, anyone who is planning a wedding does it, like, a year or two years in advance. Like, if you are getting serious with someone, you're already starting to look at, like, diamonds, um, even maybe before uh, the proposal. So there's a long time. Like, there's a long customer lifespan, I think. So Totally. Yeah. Um do we let's go ahead and move on to the next one. I feel like we did kick some butt with that one. Uh, so number two, I have a pretty big email list. Open rates are hovering around 12%. How can I make my email list more engaged? How can I clean up my email list? Yeah, that's a really good question. So a lot of people um, have just just one 
big email list. It's full of everybody who ever subscribed. And <laughs> that's not good because that's why your open rate's so low. People try to, to switch their subject line and, and make it more, oh, how can I improve my subject line? But a lot of times that's only half the problem. Um, I was working with one client and they had about a four to 7% open rate. That's what they were getting on their campaigns, uh, which is really low. And they were just emailing everybody. And what I did was I created a segment where we would only email their engaged subscribers. So these are people who we decided it would be people who opened an email in the last 60 days. Um, and you can decide that based on how often you're emailing. So if you're emailing a lot, you probably want to say it lasts 30 days. If you're emailing, you know, once a week, maybe 60 to 90 days, they've opened an email, you can consider that engaged. And now just by switching from like, we didn't change subject lines, we didn't switch anything there. All we did was switch who we're emailing. And now the open rates are 27 to 32% up from four to 7%, which is insane. Like that's a big increase. Yeah, for sure. And to put that into perspective, a good open rate is like 20%. Um, and all we did was email engaged people. Uh, and that's where segmentation becomes really powerful because uh, back to the wedding example, let's say somebody buys um, the engagement ring from you. Now you can segment them and say, okay, hey, look at these awesome wedding bands. And yeah. they're, that's super targeted. It's exactly what they're looking for. That's going to get an awesome open rate because it's super relevant. And the more relevant your email can be, like timing is, has a lot to do with an effective email. It's not just um, what the email says or the offer inside the email, but it's like, who are you sending it to? And uh, when are you sending it? Because you want to make sure you're sending it at the right time. And one more thing, like before you cut out all those people and you say, okay, we just want to email these engaged people, send one last win back campaign to those unengaged people and then remove them from your list entirely. So what that means is like, uh, for example, you might want to... Uh, come up with some sort of offer for these people and something bigger than normal to sort of win them back. So they might not have made a purchase yet, but you just want to get their attention back. So if you normally do like 10% off or some sort of discount, try 20% or, or something like that. And I would just send them three emails. So the first email has the offer. Uh, the second email, offer expiring a few days later. This creates more urgency. Sometimes this will do more sales than the first email. And then the third email is you've been unsubscribed. And that's just letting them know, all right, we kicked you off our list. And if you want to join again, you can. But after that, I wouldn't email anyone else who isn't engaged, whether they're a customer or not, because um, your engaged subscribers, like just focus on them because that's where the money is anyway. If they're not going to open your email, they're not going to buy it. You're not missing out on anything by not emailing the people who aren't engaged. For sure. Makes a lot of sense. I'm going to pull in um, a comment question, actually, now. So, um, Stephen Diego Carl says, Hey, Dylan, uh, what are one or two types of automation campaigns that e-commerce brands don't do but should, besides the obvious ones like abandoned cart, win-back campaigns, or post-purchase? Um, so, actually, no, Stephen. So, hi, Stephen. Oh, nice. <laughs> but one of them is the bounce-back. Uh, which is something that um, it, it's kind of post-purchase, but it's something that's very underutilized. So what this is, is it's like whenever you are leaving a brick and mortar store and they hand you a receipt and it's like get 15% off your next purchase if you come in the next 30 days or something. You can do the same thing with email. So if you target your first time customers after they made their first order, you mm -hmm. can go in and set it up so they get a discount for a short period of time. So it might be 60 minutes 
It might be 24 hours. But what you do is you get rid of one-time buyers here. And it converts really well. Like I've seen it do 5000 a month in a single email. Um, just one email. So after someone makes a purchase, you send them a bounce back offer, which is just like, um, you know, a, a bigger discount than average. But it's like, hey, you just bought this. Add on your next order for the next 24 hours, save this. And I've seen that convert really well. That's something that a lot of people don't do. That's a good point. Um, I'm actually making a note so I can do that on some of my emails. <laughs> nice. So um, next question is, I'm using MailChimp and Kit for email marketing. However, a lot of subscribers only provide their mobile phone numbers. How do they get our emails? And if they don't get the emails, are there any apps that I can link up so that they get our marketing via text message? I get a lot of marketing personally via text, so I know that that's the way forward. And I would also personally rather receive stuff by text rather than email. Yeah, so if you don't have your, their email address, they're not getting your emails. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how you're only getting their phone numbers, uh, but whatever you're doing to do that, I'd start requiring email as well. Um, and a lot of people, you're kind of hinting at this, that like uh, a lot of people think email is dying and that texting is the future. Uh, but the reality is that email is still the the proven marketing channel and SMS is still this kind of like fad. Like it works really well, but it's still this this new thing. And I'm not saying SMS is no good, but they're, they're separate channels, just like Google and Facebook. Um, so you're missing out on an extra 20 to 30% or more in sales by, by not doing any email. And so if you run a 1 million a year Shopify store, that's an extra 200 to $300,000 per year you're leaving on the table. It's not like SMS or email it's like you should be doing both just like you would do you'd want organic traffic and paid traffic right right makes a lot of sense yeah hit people with with text if you've got it but definitely keep doing the email um so next question i'm concerned my customers aren't engaged with email and won't work with my target customers what should i do yeah this is a really good question that i hear a lot i hear it all the time um, but the truth is, unfortunately, you're probably just doing it wrong um, <laughs> because I've seen it work with blue collar demographics. I've seen it work with young demographics. Um, there's brands with target customers who are girls aged 14 to 21. Yeah. And they're doing seven figures per month with email. So that's that's a demographic who you normally would think, oh, they're not on email at all. They're on Snapchat and, and whatever. Um but like, how are they doing that? Well, you got to understand your customer, right? So when are they checking email? You have to send the right email at the right time, like we were saying. Um, and a lot of people try to find the best time to send an email, like, oh, it's 8 a.m. or it's this. <laughs> like, no, like, what? when is your audience actually looking? And you can go into Google Analytics and look that up. Uh, but the truth is that email is just a lot of work and you can't put it on the back burner and expect it to produce results. Just like you you would optimize your Facebook ads every day and go into Ads Manager every day and uh, look in there, you want to look at your email the same way and just constantly improving it and figuring out what works for your customers. Like, There's probably so many gaps that you're missing and you're probably only operating like 25% at most just because there's so much you can do with email that just because it's a lot of work like you probably don't have time to do everything to be honest um I wish there was more time in a day every day uh, but the reality is like you, you only have s limited time and um a lot of people just focus on the Facebook ads and um you know I think it can work for any audience it's just about finding what works good point good point 
Uh, I'm excited about this next question. So it is, since I started, I've had a number of people on my list who got there by opting in for a free sample of my product. I should note that a friend who I no longer associate with thought they were doing me a favor by listing my free offer on a website that I would never have listed it on. Uh, as it's predominantly people who go there for free things and not my premium end target market. I had my own list of interested people I was planning to give to, but unfortunately these other people claimed the entire stock in under 15 minutes. These folks make up roughly one-fifth of my email list. Some open my emails, but most don't. Should I call them from my list altogether? Yeah, so if you haven't already, I'd remove that offer and make it more secret if you can. Um, yeah. And some friend, some friend you got there. Um, yeah. But but anyway, uh, I kind of touched on this earlier, uh, but I would treat them just like a normal unengaged subscriber. I, I'd run a win back campaign. I, I'd run one more push to sort of to get them back um, and engaged and to make a purchase. Um, so I'd come up with a big, big offer for them, uh, bigger than normal, because obviously they like free and competing with that is hard. And the other thing is like these free people, like you don't. These are your worst customers. They're the people who they get the package. They're all your customer support complaints. They're the people who order a customized product and want it shipped the next day. Um, <laughs> so, so I try to win them back one more time because there might be some diamonds in the rough there. But after that, I wouldn't email anyone who isn't engaged, whether they're one of these freebie people or they're a customer. I would just, once again, I'd create a segment of your engaged subscribers, people who have opened an email in the last 90 days is a good place to start. And then I would only email them from now on. And if you want, you could move these people to a separate list that you only email around the holidays. Um, but at the same time, you're going to have to pay for those people and they might not make it worth it at the end of the day. So I don't know. I guess I would just focus on the engaged people. Like try give one last final push to win them back. And then if you don't, I'd just say, see ya, because it's just not worth it. For sure, for sure. Um, we've got a question from our fans. Um, so, uh, actually it's like a three part question here. So okay. I'm going to take the last part first. So do you have like three or four ideas to make sure that emails get in your inbox and not in the spam or promo folder? Number one, make sure that, okay. One trick is to, a lot of people don't like double opt-in. I don't use it all the time. Not going to lie, but if you use double opt-in, you're going to get a lot high, more high quality email addresses. And what that's going to do is you're not going to hit any spam traps like you would if you're just accepting any email. So that's one thing. Second thing is don't use a spin to win email capture. Uh, those things are really fun, but they produce a lot of bogus leads, just like that freebie offering we were just talking about. You get a lot of people who want free or they just want to spin, a lot of fake email addresses. And when you email a fake email address, uh, Google and all these email providers can tell and they start sending you to spam. Um, Another thing is try not to be super heavy on the images if you can help it. Um, that's another thing where it's like if you see a lot of images, that'll, that sends a lot of more emails to the promotions tab, spam folder, that sort of thing. Um, and the last thing is just try to avoid being as promotional as possible, which is hard when you're trying to sell things. Uh, but there's a lot of trigger words, and you can look these up that um, that email clients are looking for whenever they're trying to decide which inbox to put you in. And if they see a lot of caps, like all caps, subject lines, 
those are sometimes a red flag. If it's all caps with sale, percent off something, limited time only, last chance, even last chance, which works really well, sometimes that's risky. Um, so just be wary of your subject lines, uh, limit your images, and um, make sure you're getting good subscribers on your email list. And, and from there, um, that should give, you, should, you shouldn't have to worry about the spam folder. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes it feels like people are trying too hard and just like take a step back because like it's better to have like really great quality emails than to get yourself in that spam uh, folder. Yeah, it's a mess. Don't want to go in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think it's hard to get out of too. It is. Um, so then also another part of that question was that, uh, we get lots of questions about the difference between Clavio, MailChimp, Rare, and others. Um, MailChimp's made some improvements for merchants lately. Uh, what do you, do you have a, a favorite? Um, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love this question because I do have a favorite. And I didn't find that favorite just by picking one. I've actually, I started out using any software the client came to me with. ESP is what they're called, email service provider. And um, I I used everything. I used MailChimp. I used Klaviyo. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. There's Remarkety. There's Rare. There's all these different things. Um, I mean, the big two seem to be MailChimp and Klaviyo. But what I found after using all the software is that there is a winner. There is one that's better than the others. And what I found was that the winner is Clavio, and it's pricey. A lot of people are put like drawn back by the price. Yes, Mailchimp is making progress, but when you log into Mailchimp, um, the dashboard is just—it's like, hey, read our blog. Like that's the first thing you see. When you log into Clavio, the first thing you see is the recent revenue numbers and the percentage of revenue emails driving, which is—I like it a lot better. The other thing is you can be a lot more advanced with your segmentation uh, and your automation. It's just—it's um, just. I would probably, it would probably take me double or triple the amount of time to do what I do in Klaviyo and MailChimp. And there's a reason why a lot of the top brands that you see um, in on the, on, on the Shopify platform are using Klaviyo. And it's not just because it's this like magical thing. I mean, it is, but they're not using it for no reason. It's because it works. Um, and if you're serious about growing your Shopify store and you want to take it to the next level and you want to drive a lot of revenue with email, at some point you're going to have to make the switch to Klaviyo uh, just because... I, I've used them all, and it, right now it's the best. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll be reaching out to Clavio to get a paid endorsement for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good to know for sure. Um, so the last question that we have is, email is really time-consuming, and I am responsible for pretty much everything with my Shopify store. What is the best and fastest way to increase my email revenue? First... If you don't already have email automation set up, I would start there. There's a lot you could you could do with that. So if you don't already have a welcome series, like if you don't have a pop-up that leads to a welcome series to convert subscribers into customers, create that pop-up and create that welcome series. Um, if you don't have abandoned cart emails, well, you need those. Like 70 or 80% of carts are abandoned. And that's a lot. Like if you do the math, that's a lot of revenue you're leaving out on the table. Um, like actually do the math, figure out how many abandoned carts you have and what those sales would be worth and how much you could recover, how much you could make, like how much more money you could make if you just recovered 10% of those, because that's probably thousands or tens of thousands of dollars per month, which is insane. Um, and then the, the third 
sequence that you should have if you don't have is uh, like a retention series to cross-sell customers after they make a purchase. And like, if you don't have email automation, add those, start with those three. After that, you can start to get more advanced with specific product cross-sells, that sort of thing. Um, generating more product reviews and, and different sequences for the post-purchase. Um, but yeah, just start with those three, start with automation. And because you only have to set it up once, so set it up right, take the time, do that. And then after that, uh, focus on the new subscribers. Uh, like this is probably the bulk of your email list and there's lots of money to be made here. So just nurture those people and convert them into customers. And that's, that's the best and fastest way to increase your email revenue, um, in the short term. Nice. Nice. Um, so I guess at this point we, uh, are done with questions. All right, guys, you heard it from Timothy. That about wraps up the episode. I told you that if you stayed until the end, that I have a special offer for you. I'm giving away a free strategy session. It's not a sales call. I'm not going to try to sell you. I'll just give you actionable advice for growing your online store with email marketing. To be completely transparent, 100% transparent, the people that I talk to that I think I can help, I do invite to work with me. But I'm not going to do that unless I know I can help you grow your sales by 20 to 30% or more using email marketing. And whether we end up working together or not, you're going to leave that conversation with actionable advice for improving your email marketing program. You can reserve that call, your free strategy session at wavebreak.co slash strategy. That's wavebreak.co slash strategy. And there will be a link in the show notes below to book your call. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Let me know if you enjoyed this Q&A and let me know if I should do more episodes about email marketing like this. If you have any questions, send them in. Make sure you check out Store Tasker for putting this on. A big thanks to them. Their link will be in the description. Check them out if you need help with any small tasks or, or medium-sized developer jobs. I'll see you next week with a new episode. It's going to be back to the, the normal interview format. And until then, I'll catch you later. Have a great week.